Hangouts is a podcast that brings together the voices of those who resist at the margins of academia. Inspired by Maria Lugones' definition of hangout as a space which shatters the division between the public and private spheres, Liminal Hangouts is imagined as a space of resistant intimacy, anchored by a politics and friendship rather than a geographical location. In these conversations, we reflect on social justice decolonizing the self, practices of unlearning, what it means to get creative with our differences, how to build coalition across difference, what everyday practices are needed for collective liberation, and the ways in which we can honor the relations that hold us accountable. This episode is brought to you by the Civic Innovation Research Initiative, a group of scholar activists committed to social justice based at the International Institute of Social Studies in The Hague, Netherlands. Music for the podcast is produced and performed by Ntombi Elanga, whose work is aimed at the preservation, promotion and creation of indigenous instruments and music in South Africa. Her current project, Songs of Our Ancestors, explores how ancient sounds, Ngoma, is a language, a memory, and a dream we bring to life through intergenerational connections and sound dialogue, where the body is seen as a living archive of these sounds. Makwande Sibamba Ngazo Zombili. In this episode, we speak with compañera, mentor, and sister Rosalba Ikaza, who is also an associate professor of global politics, gender, and diversity at the International Institute of Social Studies, Erasmus University, Rotterdam. Rosalba is a decolonial feminist, teacher, researcher, activist, and member of the transnational network Other Knowledges, RETOS, and the collective SUMIL in the Maya Peninsula of Yucatan, Mexico. Welcome, Rosalba. Hello, Suleika. It's so nice to have you with us uh, today. And I think to kick things off, I would really like to talk about um, the relationship that we've been able to nurture through my PhD process, which is the PhD that brought me to the Netherlands, but also brought us together. Um, And also the significance of uh, mentorship within that process. And also this collective process of learning together and unlearning together um, because we come from very different places um, and yeah how we've gotten creative with our differences I guess of course yes 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 um I'm very happy to be here I'm, I'm curious also to know what we're going to discuss because when you told me I want to talk about mentorship and I realized well I I don't know what to say because it's something that I have been learning by practicing it. And the other day I was actually uh, having a walk with my former PhD supervisor. And 
and I have realized that um, we might be mentors of one style at some point, but then life happens and you learn many things. And what I have realized is that I have learned from many mistakes, but also I have learned from many wise persons, uh, which I wouldn't call mentors. I would just call them wise, wise persons that for some reason or another I, I found in my life. So um, yes, I'm curious to know where this is going to take us. And I'm, and I'm very also curious to see how the other conversations are going to be weaved into your dissertation. Of course, I am, I'm very much looking forward to see what is going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I, I very much believe that, that the right teachers come on your path at the right time. And I think I've been very blessed in my life from my high school days to always have one teacher in my life that really believed in me more than I believed in myself, but also saw the potential of what I could do before I could see it. And through my PhD, you've been that teacher for me. Um, and, and, and so much more than that as well, because there've been times where, you know, in my PhD, I've been completely lost and, um, well, it doesn't look like, well, it doesn't really look like you are lost. Honestly speaking, I, I always have told you this, you are a low maintenance PhD, honestly, perhaps because you have also learned a lot. Uh, but, um, no, I have never seen you lost. I have seen you asking questions. And, and for me, that is a PhD. You are constantly asking questions and sometimes we are not ready to understand that the only way we can actually uh, finish what we call a PhD is by allowing our, ourselves to ask those questions. And I learned that through my PhD. In my PhD, I was, I was always, you know, like very anxious of having so many questions and not having answers. And, and it took a while for me to understand, well, that is exactly the, what the PhD is about, to learn how to uh, be open to um, have all these questions and also understanding I won't have answers to all of these questions. I might have start some like uh, clues or, 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 you know, like sparks of, of um, intuition that brings me into this literature or into this research or into this other person and then that will lead me into um finding the people that can guide me to continue having more questions but it took me perhaps yeah all my phd and perhaps the, the first like um four five six years of my um yeah of my let's say the first part of my of my uh, life as an academic um, and now I'm very comfortable with questions. Perhaps I'm, I, I'm much more comfortable with questions than whatever I was in my life at this point of my academic career and life, I think so. So to, to go back to your point, no, I have never seen you lost. I have seen you, um, I have seen you actually very much, um, coming from, um, ideas of what academia was supposed to be and realizing that once you um, understand that academia is not what we were told it was supposed to be for women for especially for women of color or racialized people um, then you start to enjoy the 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 let's say the 
the beauty of learning which is because it's, it's amazing to learn uh, it's it's it, it's i'm passionate about learning so anyway yeah so i have never seen you lost sorry <laughs> well i think in, in you know in my quiet moments is where i feel lost but maybe it's lost is the wrong word where you're searching for the connections i guess okay. and and reaching out for connections um but this thing about questions is really uh i think it's a good one because i think now that i'm reaching the end of the phd and i have to show findings or i have to show i have to demonstrate this process that i've gone on and that and a process that i've not gone on alone um that it seems that i have to offer some answers <laughs> and um and i think it's really refreshing to see it that that it leads to more questions um but also that those that questioning is lifelong learning you'll never know all there is to know and i mean thanks to you the the book that changed my entire approach to knowledge and my entire approach to the phd was uh chicana feminist florian zaldoa's borderlands and I mean, I read Borderlands with such care and deep breaths because I would read parts of it and then I would put it down and let the words and the ideas process and filter like through my being. And even though I, I don't speak Spanish and I, I still read the Spanish parts and, and the poetry, but also recognized that that's in order to get the power of what she's saying, I don't have to be able to grasp all of it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think in academia, there's this like push to know something to its atoms and its bare essentials. And, and that steals a bit of beauty away from the journey itself. Let me, let me go back to something before I, I, I let's say I connect with what you have said. First of all, the question of questions and, and, and answers. I think that um, we enter the PhD, or at least this is my experience, and I have seen this experience in other, in other women of color that I supervise. We enter the PhD with the idea that we're going to find answers um, because academia in one, in one way is offered to us as an answer for social mobility, for gaining a better job, uh, discover our own humanity that has been denied by uh, not only by the systems of education that we have going through. So when we arrived into postgraduate education, we thought that we will find answers to um, not only to a let's say a, a research problem, but by finding questions to those uh, research problems we are interested. Somehow we are also uh willing to find answers to many of the absences many of the of the uh, violence we have experienced within academia or within the disciplines that we have studied and then when we found texts like uh borderlands in my case it was borderlands but it was also pilgrimages peregrinages from maria lugones i read them actually in tandem and I realized that for the first time, I was not 
reading theory just with my brain or my intellect. It was, it was, um, these were two authors, uh, Gloria Saldu and Maria Lugones, and later on also Jackie Alexander with uh, Pedagogies of Crossing and many others, but these are the three that I, that I can, I can see that um, I'm, I'm deeply influenced uh, by, by their, 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 not only their ideas, but their, the, the textuality of their, of their voice when they are speaking to us. Um, when I found these texts, I realized that they were coming from within. They were actually speaking to me from within. They were like grabbing my stomach. They were, they were actually making me respond with all my physic, my physical body. And, and then when I, when I found you and when you found me and when I understand that you wanted, you wanted to, um, to go into the, into the root of doing a PhD, but a PhD that was, um, uh, primar pr primarily focus on understanding the role of women of color in academia, I said, you really need to read this. Because um, it's, 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 of course, it's very interesting to go and, and find um, certain answers or arguments to explain uh, what is the role of women of color in Dutch academia. And I think that many people have done that and it's, it's brilliant. I'm not saying that this is not useful. But in that moment, when you came to my office and knocked at my door, I was I was starting also to think, how can I be of um, how can I be a, a mentor, a supervisor, a person with whom I I'm, I'm I'm having conversations with other women of color that can offer this this way of of learning, this way of relating to powerful ideas that is not only through our intellect but with our whole body and um and this is what you found that's what that's what i say you need to read uh Ansaldua. you need to read maria lugones because they are speaking not only to our intellect they're speaking to the complexity of all that we are it's like if they were telling me my own story for the first time and perhaps that's what you found i realized that um theories that didn't make any sense to me like for example, I come from international relations and theories that I that never made any sense to me. We were reading bad translations from English into Spanish in, 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 in Mexico of uh, canonical um, um, authors that never really make any sense to me. Nonetheless, I became expert on these authors. And, and then when I found these texts, I realized, well, I was reading the wrong authors. I was reading the 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 the, the grown people uh, because the problems that I was trying to understand as an academic were problems that uh, were not actually disconnected from um, common people in the street, from the the same problems that my grandmother or my mother were experiencing in a country like Mexico, or later on the activists with whom I was working. And I realized that many of the women with whom I was working in, in yeah, 20, 20 something years ago in Mexico were having this same uneasiness to understand how academia and research will be useful for the struggles they were going through in the streets of Mexico. And, and, and there was a lot of effort and time by them to translate uh, research to make it useful to, to their struggles. 
And don't take me wrong, I'm not saying every research is that is not following Chicana or Black or women of color uh, approaches is, is, use, is useless. No, it takes a lot of time to make it, um, let's say, um, useful and um, to connect with struggles, concrete struggles. And um, so when you ask me, let's talk about your mentorship. Well, th this is what I'm trying to do, that the people that you're reading for your PhD is not only for your PhD, it's for your life within and outside academia. It's, it's people that is relevant for your politics, for your ethics, for because I also have this idea, the PhD journey is not just the dissertation. The PhD journey is just a tiny part of your activity um, and a tiny part of all the things that you can do. And as you know, most of the people are supervised. They are so many more things than just a PhD students or PhD researchers. I used to be just a PhD researcher and it was wrong. <laughs> it was wrong. It, 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 it killed me from the inside. Um, anyway, sorry. Yeah. No, I, I think back actually to this time that I came knocking on your door <laughs> and I think about the process of unlearning that from that moment, that process of unlearning that was triggered because when I came to you, what I said I wanted to do was an autoethnography on why my PhD had gone so badly. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, and that started this, this, you know, and then you pulled all these books from the shelf and, and gave them to me. But reflecting on that time, I was still very much in this um, idea of research that centers on the researcher as an individual that is self-reflexive and that is critical and that critiques. And so in a way, how I could express what I actually wanted to do was limited by these formats that we were already given under research methodologies of what we could do. And so that was already a starting point to question these methodologies. And in that way, um, the idea of liminography started to, to bubble and, and emerge. Um, and something that in liminography I focus on a lot is this idea of the self and how mm -hmm. do we start to unlearn or decolonize this modern individual subject or as others have called it the critical intellectual the authoritative I mm -hmm. and it's it's a struggle to to do it within the thesis in a system where you have you have I have to write articles and put my name on it as an individual and I have mm -hmm. to have this thesis at the end with only my name on it mm -hmm. but what I'm arguing is that this entire thing and all knowledge for that matter has always ever been co-created mm -hmm. um so yeah. no I, I remember perfectly and and let me let me go back to that in a second um I think this question that you are very interested and in also is it, it it runs along the, the PhD dissertation on on doing the self. Um, this is one of the most um, 
painful realizations that I came to understand as as a feminist, especially a feminist of color, a racialized Latina in Europe, that all these years of education, all these years of um, finding my own liberation through a politics of representation, a politics of affirming that autonomous I, whatever that autonomy meant, um, was a myth. <laughs> was something that was basically implicated in, in, in hierarchies between the emancipated um, feminist, urban feminist, mestiza, white feminist, um, in comparison to other women. And I, and you know, I have written extensively about that. And, and in one of the articles, I actually said, I'm killing that person. I'm killing that, 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 uh, authoritative I, I didn't use that phrase. I say I'm killing this this person and some somebody's germinating, no? Using very much also the, the tonalities and the and the language of, of Ansaldua. But something that for me was clear is that I didn't do it alone. It is not that suddenly I was sitting in front of my computer and I realized, oh my God, this is a myth. No, this also was a long, painful process already as an assistant professor at ISS, already as member of an academia. Um, and in a moment in my career that I realized that, um, that it was perfectly okay for me to go beyond my formative discipline, that I started to engage with a collaborative anthropologist, um, that I started to collaborate more strongly and, uh, with Sochit uh, Leiva, who is a very well-known Mexican anthropologist working with Colabor. Uh, uh, it, it has been uh, wrongly translated as collaborative research, but it's actually Colabor. And, um, and she's someone that, that has also been very much connected to the Zapatista movement. And, and at the beginning I said, I talk about the, the questions and something that I, I also say that in my in my understanding of mentorship, I have also been following the Zapatista movement. I think that the Zapatista movement is part of, 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 of the mentorship that I have received as an academic. And something that is key in the, in the Zapatista movement is actually to laugh about this myth of the individual, to actually challenge this idea that we can be, <laughs> that we can be just without anybody. This, you know, kick-ass, feminist that um, it's uh, over everyone. Um, and I, I truly believe that. I truly believe that when I was doing my, my, my postdoc and, and researching on, on feminism. And then I went back and, and to home to Mexico and connected with, with Xochitl. And working with Xochitl, I realized how unable I was to work collaboratively. How difficult it was to say, I'm not going to be an author. I'm going to give the place to others. Um, I refused just to think on points in publications and it was really difficult. So what I'm trying to say is if I'm, if, if, if you came across this literature while, while working with me, if you come across with the praxis of this literature, it's not that came from my genius mind. It came in a moment in which I was accepting this is the future of whatever I do. If it's academia or if, if, if it's outside academia, 
because it was where from where I was also coming. Um, in my extended family with the strong women I am part of, we all work as, as a collective. And, and my granny used to work as a collective in her neighborhood. It's, it's just like if entering the university, uh, severe cut this possibility and I started to construct this individual. So for me, it was very easy at some point in my career to say, okay, not easy. It was like evident. Um, this was just a period of my life. I want to be the person that I was before with all this knowledge and with all this experience in life. So when you knock at my door and you say, I want to do autoethnography, that's what I actually ask you. And what is your understanding of the self? Well, how are you understanding that uh, self that is going to be speaking about what went wrong with your PhD? Because my understanding of the self is something that in that moment I was very much inspired in seeing uh, reflections about how the, the Zapatistas precisely by wearing the mask not, are not only, uh, it's not only about security, it's, it's also about erasing the individual because they are not individuals, they are, uh, um, I, I'm not going to speak by them, they have already speak about this in comunicados and in, in, in many ways, but they are always in relation, they are relation, no? And, and it was actually the work with anthropologists it was the work of Sochi uh, Leiva. It was the work um, through collectivities that show me this can be done in, acad in academia. It can be done. It takes a lot of time. You pay a high price in terms of, you know, recognitions and prices, whatever, but it can be done in academia. If I stay within academia, I can only work like that. So you knock at my door, I tell you, okay, what are you understanding that self? But not only that, Suleika, I think that you wanted to focus on what was wrong. And this also comes from my mentorship uh, in life from, from, from Xochitl and from Zapatismo. It's not only what goes wrong that we should be writing and learning uh, each other about. It's also all the possibilities that we are, all the things that went well that went well when, when, when your PhD was going wrong, some of the things perhaps were going fantastically well. And, um, and I really refuse the possibility of just saying that um, there is just this going wrong or this resistance or this refusing or this um, um, obsession with understanding the systems of oppression. There is so many things that uh, through the journey of the PhD are going well, because we're not only the PhD or not, we're not only doing academia or writing books. So what you're saying, it, it reminds me of this meditation that I listened to that says, um, I, can't, I, I don't know the exact words, but what she's trying to say is that when things appear to be going wrong for us, we don't see what that's clearing the path for. We only see what's going wrong. And of course, and, and then it, it leads to the question, going wrong according to whose standard or who exactly. what it means for something to go wrong or, or badly in a PhD. And now that you say that, and I think about it, um, sure, I wasn't writing anything and uh, producing in, 
you know, producing in quotation marks uh, any work. But there were all of these other things that were happening where we were starting to come together, um, but also with other PhDs, uh, some that you supervise, some that you don't. Um, but I also started my yoga teacher training, which for me was the process that guided me through breaking away from that individual subject or making me decenter it. Without that training, I honestly don't think that you will be now writing, thinking, sensing what is liminography. Uh, without, without that previous experience of working as a collective before university, I wouldn't, I wouldn't see the horizon and the possibility of it. That, that's what I see the, now the PhD as like a parenthesis. It's a good parenthesis. You manage to read a lot of people. You manage to to meet interesting um, academics. It's, I'm not saying, oh, I suffer. No, it was difficult. It's a parenthesis of all the rest that we were already doing and being. The problem is that when you enter, at least this is my experience as a feminist, when you enter with the, the idea that you are going to be um i don't know like a new persona because you have a phd then it was a painful painful realization that it was not the case at all um in the sense that you continue being the the person you were uh but somehow you are um you are doubting everything that you know that is okay now i see it's okay to doubt everything that you know but what for me was difficult was that it made me also doubt my own intuitions and 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 the wisdom and the knowledge that what that I was obtaining before the PhD from sources that were not books, and that is the paradox of everything because I gave you a book <laughs> when you came into my no but I gave you a book that was speaking not just from the intellect it was actually guiding you to connect uh, with your whole body. On, on on what was happening and yeah now yeah we're in a different situation i'm also older and 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 i have learned in 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 different ways that there are some other powerful authors that can help us to not only to connect to the body but actually connect back to others through our bodies and our wholeness in 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 learning um but anyway, that was like how many years ago? I cannot remember. Don't say don't say dates because then people is going to know how old I am. So don't say. No. <laughs> Let's just leave it there. But no, but it's it's like you're saying, yes, it it was that you gave me a book, right? I love books as but you love but books. Border, but Borderlands is so much more than, than that. Um and for me. Borderlands showed me what was possible within academia. Mm -hmm. Yes and no, eh? because remember, Ansaldua was never, ever accepted as a permanent member of any university. She was never promoted full professor. So, yeah, it was possible and not possible. I mean, which I is which is the other thing that I wanted to tell you in the in the let's say the parameters of what is possible within academia. There are many things that we can do, but there are many other things that we cannot do and we should not dare to do if we want to uh, get, uh, to keep 
sane. It's not that I'm saying, oh, let's do nothing. No, we have to be very intelligent and also say, no, I'm not going to fight those those struggles that are not mine struggles because my struggles are because the, there's other people that is responsible for, I don't know, implementing this or implementing that. These are not my struggles and it's not my responsibility. So one has to also be intelligent to understand that not every single struggle is our struggle and that we need to also focus our efforts um, if we want to keep our wholeness sane and our relationships and our spaces and our coalitions uh yeah full of life and full of of, of respect and 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 yeah and passion otherwise it consume you it really consumed the, the bureaucracy of the university as it is now, but I'm sure that it was also the same in other contexts, um, consumed you, consumed you slowly, slowly. And if you and if you say, OK, I'm going to fight it. OK, good for you. For me, it's not my intention to to do that kind of a struggle. Honestly, I, I have other struggles to be fighting than fighting the bureaucracy of a, of, an, of a system that is broken since the beginning in any case. Yeah, I mean, I think the first, one of the first valuable lessons I learned from you, which is something that you always say, is that you cannot do this work alone. No. And no. And what I see a lot, especially when it comes to um, work that is decolonizing, mm -hmm. that because of this obsession with the individual in academia that students who are attempting to do this are attempting to do it alone and that process of unlearning which is so painful and it's so um confronting that it's having really horrible consequences for their mental health or that they drop out and so there isn't this um nurturing space for them to do this work. The university is not a safe nurturing space to unlearn. <laughs> no. um, but it, I, I wonder if it ever was, honestly. Um, I want to say something here because I, I also think that it's also our experience of, of being born um, in countries on the global south that give us another perspective also on what are universities. Of course, we uh, swallow the pill of emancipation through uh, highly educated possibilities no i think that we we also we, we we have this in common we love books because we thought that truth was there um but once we understand the limits of of the pill that we swallow we know that there is something else we know it is in our let's say i won't i, I won't say dna but it, it is in our life experience in our flesh yeah 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 yeah. In, in our flesh yes that's the point so we know that if we reject the pill it's not the end of the world because our horizon is not just being a successful ac academic of course it's nice uh of course it, it it does something to our egos our damaged egos of course but it's not everything it has never been everything so when you realize that I, I, I realized it very specifically once I went back to Mexico while doing my field work, my PhD field work, and my granny was uh, there. She was already with the first symptoms of dementia. And I remember that I kept 
repeating the answer to the same question that she was asking to me. She was constantly asking me, and why are you studying so much? And why you need to study so much? And I remember, well, granny, you know, I'm trying to understand this and that. And then again, and again, and again. And I was like, oh, oh my God, yeah, yes. In front of, in front of, of my granny, at the, uh, in front of the eyes of my, of my granny, I'm not more or less with a PhD degree. But everything in higher education, at least my experience in Mexico, especially as a woman, is built upon to make you believe uh, that this is going to be the case. Now, don't take me wrong. I'm speaking as a mestiza. If, if my sisters, my indigenous and First Nation sisters in a struggle are demanding education, I will be the first one in their struggle because they are simply not only not represented, there are no enough spaces for them to be within the university. But what I'm trying to, to say is that we know that there is something else. We know, we sense, and, and here I'm taking my inspiration from, from Jackie Alexander, no? that says that when you started to realize um, that, um, yeah, that uh, the systems of oppression are more, or there is more than the systems of oppression. Now I cannot remember exactly the, the phrase, but she, she actually understands that when we are sensing the, that what we are being oppressed by is, is not the whole reality, let's put it in those terms, we can either go insane or we can actually find our liberation. No, I also went insane. I also went insane and I cry and I collapse and I got sick. But then comes the comes the the real liberation. The real liberation. What is, what is at the end of decolonization? For me, liberation. Liberation, not only the undoing of the of the colonial wound, of course, but also the liberation of the possibility of understanding the horizon. And that horizon is is so big and so beautiful and so powerful and it's not just publishing papers and being recognized by academia it's beautiful fantastic but it's it's just one more thing it's not just the thing and at least how universities are in in the global north and and academias we have experienced everything is constructed in that way everything is constructed for you to receive and enjoy uh, the, let's say, the benefits of an individual career. So I think that I'm a rebel because I said, no, no, let's do it collaboratively. And, and that was also a good moment when you arrive because you say, what are we unlearning together? I unlearn um, to be afraid because I realized that the things that I was sharing with you makes sense and not only with you makes sense with uh made sense sorry with all the women of color and not only women of color with other women that are quite active in the anti-racist movement in the netherlands or in europe in general and i realized i'm not crazy this makes sense we need to work together we need to listen to each other together we need to be uh, creating spaces that are careful of each other or caring of each other um so in the last couple of years, as you know, we have this space, this collective space in which Aminata Cairo, which is another amazing mentor that I have found in my life. And I keep repeating this, um, help us to understand that was a space in which we don't have to prove ourselves to anybody. We are just 
there to be. But knowing that the horizon of the university is very limiting and very specific and is, 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 is part of what we are, but it's not everything that we are. Yeah, um, I want to maybe turn a bit to this fear that you mentioned. Because in my own process as well, um, during my PhD for two years, I didn't speak. I would attend seminars, I would go for workshops, I would go to things, but I just wouldn't speak because there was this fear that I couldn't overcome, but the fear that needed to be, to, to be overcome in order to come to voice. And of course, like the work of black feminists here really encouraged and helped me to come to voice. But I think that it's something particularly that women of color struggle with. This is what I say that the PhD for me is not the whole package, it's, um, it's, it's, it's a life choice. Uh, and in a, in a life that is already plural, no? And um, if I will, if I will have a magical wound and sort wound, you say wound, yeah, wound. Sorry, for example, yeah, uh, speaking about not speaking. Oh my God, I spent the first year of my masters in total silence in the UK because my English was even much more terrible than it is now. Um, I learned very, very, very late in my life English, so it, it, it really, really has been a challenge for me. But anyway, that's another that's another story. What I'm trying to say is that if I if I had the possibility of, let's say, evaluating everything that that uh, in the process of a PhD that is not only writing a dissertation but it's a life choice within plural lives, I will be much more interested in in following these processes through which many of the PhDs that I'm involved with are coming to voice. This is something that. Um, like for example you you but this is you and this is your phd you have been very powerfully and eloquently and beautifully expressed in the dissertation but many many others are not going to be able to do it or are going to do it in other projects that are not the dissertation i i didn't i didn't manage to do it in my dissertation i'm doing it now through mentorship through collective spaces through creating coalitions but not necessarily in all my publications it, 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 it or, or 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 on everything that I'm writing um, it's it's this is so important coming to voice for many of us it's so important and and it's so difficult that any PhD program, unless you transform it into an indicator of empowerment or these, these silly things, um, can actually capture. So this is why, this is why I realized that your PhD is, is, could be a very good example, a very good guidance for other women who are coming into boys to realize, look what can germinate when you come into boys. Now, between the process of coming into boys, and overcoming your fear, I personally couldn't have make it, couldn't have made it, sorry, <laughs> without other women and other men and other people that were always present 
uh, making me realize that I was not crazy, that I was not crazy, that the things that my intuition were um, directing me to or towards uh, was not, um, it was all of these intuitions were in a different, let's say, register, were in a different, um, where they were actually pointing at a different way of approaching knowledge that um, I couldn't articulate it uh, 10 years before. So I, I wasn't able to overcome this fear if it was not through other women, men who were more experienced than me within academia and outside academia, but also through students, through making myself um, intelligible to them. I was, I was, I discovered that the things that I was, I was sharing were making sense in some of my students. And that as a teacher is like, wow. So this is, this is, this is going well. I, 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 I can transmit this message and this message is important not only for me, it's, it, it's important for other people. So that's, that's why for me, the, the who is really a mentor, who is really learning from whom I, 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 I I, I'm always wondering um, who is actually going to end the, your PhD much more, let's say, knowledgeable, you or me? No, <laughs> I think that me, <laughs> honestly, because yeah, some of the questions that you're raising, I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. Um, the same happened with Paulina, my other PhD graduated. Now, the things that she courageously managed to do in her dissertation, I would have ever you know, I never did it. And I, and I admire her so powerful. I, I, I'm really her admirer because she had the courage to do it. And then when we talked, she said, yeah, but you gave me the courage. And I said, no, I just pushed you. <laughs> uh, the same thing. It's well, but then there was someone who pushed me, who was kindly pushing me to do the things that needed to be done and say the things that needed to be said. And I was very fortunate in finding people that treat me with kindness and with compassion 